Aloha, this is Abe's Ukulele Podcast. I'm Abe. This is the podcast for teachers and players of the ukulele that want to get better at teaching and playing. I hope you are all doing well, friends. Stay safe, healthy, and get plenty of practice time in. Today's guest is Dr. Byron Yasui, an ukulele and double bass player from Hawaii. He's a professor at the University of Hawaii with degrees in secondary music and composition and has been working to build up the reputation and repertoire of the ukulele. You might know him from the Ukulele Magazine article from April of 2019. It was such a treat to meet him and talk with him during my trip to Hawaii in July of 2019. Before we get into it, I want to give a huge thanks to Johannes and Scott for your tips. Thank you so much for helping me make the show. If you'd like to help me make the show, leave a tip in the tip jar or buy me a coffee. The links are in the show notes. It only takes a few seconds to sign up, and subscribers get bonus episodes, like an extra cut of this episode. The podcast does cost me time and money, so every bit helps. Thanks very much. This episode was recorded on the University of Hawaii at Manoa campus, and so there are some interruptions and extra noises from the environment. Just imagine yourself sitting with an ook master in between your college classes. Without further ado, here we go. I'm here uh, on the University of Hawaii campus at Manoa, and I'm sitting down with the great Dr. Byron Yasui. Hello. Thank you for sitting down aloha, with me. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you, Abi. It's good to sit with you. Um, so first of all, I want to say congratulations for your article. Um, I will put a link to that in the show notes for the listener, but... Um, <clears throat> motorcycle um but i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how that developed and came to be the article itself yeah i i'm always surprised when people call me for interviews like you're calling me and because Uh i'm not that active as an ukulele Mm -hmm. player anymore you know i was before but even then i never was very you know i never i have only one cd to my name and everything ah okay um but uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Audrey Coleman mm-hmm. emailed me one day and said she loved to interview me for the magazine. And, and, and I said, okay. And so that's how it started. She just <laughs> emailed me and I said, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm retired. I have all the time in the world. So if, if people want to interview, great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not doing anything else except mm-hmm. golf once in a while. Wow, that's great. So and I'm of the, course, a lot of ukulele. Teaching, now, yeah. teaching. Well, not a lot, but I teach one day a week, uh, senior citizens, mm-hmm. one hour every Monday for about going on three years now. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then, uh, and then when the spring semester comes, I'll be teaching one day a week at the UH. Oh, okay. Hour That's and great. a half class for That's the cool. students. That's cool. University ukulele class. Yeah, beginning I'm, class. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I did not have that in my school. <laughs> it was all the. Classical yeah. instruments. Uh-huh. Um, so one of the reasons I really want to talk to you is uh, I'm always interested and I'm looking out for the development of ukulele curriculum and repertoire. And you've done a lot in that area. So I was wondering if you could summarize just in a nutshell, um, out of all the things you've done as a composer and educator, what are you most proud of? Oh, geez. Um, 
I don't know. I never thought about that. Uh, um, I've been trying to. Well, my my big mission in life is mm-hmm. to try and get all ukulele players to learn to read music, learn the uh-huh. value of learn the value of knowing how to read music because when you learn to read music, it's easy to learn music theory. Hmm. And once you get that going, you can do a lot of thinking yourself. You could analyze and figure out things yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the way most ukulele teaching is done these days, as I understand it, is teachers show the students everything, where to put your finger. and In other words, students don't get to think for themselves. And mm-hmm. I that's like, you know, giving people fish instead of teaching them how to fish. Mm. I'd rather teach how to fish so that you don't, don't need me anymore. Mm-hmm. You can figure things out yourself. Mm. Then, you know, um, and so when you learn to read music, um, composers may eventually start writing for ukulele. Mm-hmm. Right now, composers don't write for ukulele because ukulele players don't know how to read music. Mm. When you have enough composers creating new music and arrangements and transcriptions for the ukulele in solo and ensemble situations, Mm -hmm. then you have a body of literature eventually. might take years, maybe decades from Mm -hmm. now. And when you have enough of such literature and enough players who can play this, then it's conceivable that university conservatories and all that might one day... Uh, in, include the ukulele as a music major instrument. Mm. Right now, nobody will touch the ukulele because <laughs> there is no literature, right? Yeah. You know, when you take, when you major in piano, cello, marimba, trumpet, voice, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of literature written for those instruments. Yeah. So we can have <laughs> we can have people majoring in those instruments. Mm-hmm. But nobody can major in ukulele at, at the university level because there is no body of literature, nothing written yeah. in ukulele, nothing serious. Nothing yet. Yeah, nothing yet. And there may be pop music and all that, but you mm-hmm. know, as far as serious mm-hmm. literature. You know. But that's something you're working on, right? Oh, yeah. You've already done one done, yeah. concerto. Well, the, yeah, that concerto okay. is, I'm very proud of that. But um, also this, well, I just finished that book, uh, Ukulele Music Reader. Oh, okay. Which uh, I use at the university. I've been using it since. Well, I started writing it when I first taught there in 2015, mm-hmm. and then since then I've revised it and revised it. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, that seems to work. I get the students. I take them from scratch. I mean, they don't know how to play ukulele, don't know how to read music, mm-hmm. and by the end of the semester, about 15, 16 weeks, one hour, uh, hour and a half a week. They're able to read simple solo, you know, melod- single melodic lines. Mm-hmm. And I've also written in that book, I have um, uh, solo and ensemble music for okay. duos, trios, quartets, oh, four part, five part. Awesome. Even. And so we can form little orchestras. Mm-hmm. In addition to all of that, I always include sing and strum. Like mm-hmm. what's done traditionally is everybody reads. Uh, um, sheet music, sheet like music, chord charts, right? Chord, mm-hmm. Exactly. 
So I'm I'm teaching chord symbols and all mm-hmm. that. So okay. I do include that, and we sing songs, oh, cool. Hawaiian songs. Okay. And all that. So where can um, where can we hear this music being performed, or is there anywhere we could find it to play it ourselves? Oh, I, I guess I'm the only source. <laughs> Send me. 20 bucks and give me your e- uh, your mailing address and okay. I can send it to you. I've, I've done right. that already to a bunch of people okay. who, who read the article in a mm-hmm. ukulele magazine. All right, we'll I do that. I haven't heard back from them yet, so I don't know if that's what they wanted. Because mm. I'm teaching in that book, I'm really trying to teach music reading, mm-hmm. you know, mm. not fancy strumming or anything like okay. that. Just single line picking mainly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I was thinking about the wind and then something else. And the lawnmower. So, with all these things, it's mostly high G, right? Oh, yeah. For me, it might think mm-hmm. of it. If, if there is anybody in a class plays a low G, well, I, I work it in. I okay. Work it out. Yeah. So, when you write the notes, mm-hmm. how do you indicate that the, the G on the page should be a high G rather than the G on the third fret second string? Do you, oh, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, it, they're both the same. You can play open G or third fret G on the oh, E okay. string. So you Doesn't leave it matter. up to the students. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great. I make it clear to them that when I'm teaching them notes on the on the fingerboard, mm-hmm. that you have two ways of playing E, open E or fourth fret of the C string. Oh, okay. And then open G or third fret on mm. the E string. Okay. And open A or second fret on the G string. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, fifth fret on the E string mm-hmm. or ninth fret on the C string. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that, not, way they get, that way they get to learn the fingerboard. Yeah. So you're not telling them where to, how to play the notes. You're just showing them from I, the page um, to the ukulele. When I first introduce the note G, uh, I'll tell them. Here's one way you could play. Then mm-hmm. here's an alternate way. Yeah. And then I leave it up to you, depending yeah. in context. You know, where the which is most practical. Mm-hmm. And if you're going running up a scale, sometimes it's more practical to play the mm-hmm. stop G on the E string, third mm-hmm. fret. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. <clears throat> that's more like. But I think I said it wrong. Um, actually, ukulele fingerings. Yeah. That's you're kind of giving them a lot of options. Yeah. So yeah. the note is here, 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 and yeah. here. Whatever works yeah. best. It's yeah. like a, a, but but for example, with the campanella technique, which I'm a big fan of, mm-hmm. um, you really need to know all the different ways to play these a single note on the mm-hmm. different strings. Yeah. So you can get the campanella technique, the sound with mm-hmm. all the strings ringing through, yeah. like a blur of sound, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking, originally, uh, you kind of need tabs. To um, be able to tell, for, but yeah, for, I like I like that way because it gives more freedom, right? Yeah, um, but there are times when I want it to be played a certain way. Okay. So the tab is necessary. Ah. Okay. If I want it to be played exactly. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Um, but if I leave it, uh, I leave the music free of tabs, no tabs, then of course the player has to think for himself or herself and that's fine too mm-hmm. you know but if there's a certain effect i want that requires the fingering that i want yeah. then i have to put the tab in aha uh-huh. yeah oh that's great uh-huh. so when you're teaching students how to read music on the ukulele what are some of the challenges that you face well and uh how do you get through that okay uh 
almost 100% of the time holding ukulele. Mm -hmm. People tend to slouch, mm. they slide down in a chair, mm -hmm. and the ukulele is, the neck of the ukulele is like parallel to the ground or pointing down to the ground. You're describing my students. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's everybody. And so I have to keep reminding him, 45 degree angle, the uh, ukulele neck should be mm -hmm. pointing toward the corner of the ceiling, yeah. you know, and the fingerboard should be facing straight forward, mm -hmm. shouldn't be facing the ceiling or pointing mm -hmm. down to the floor. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing, yeah. because mm -hmm. if you hold the ukulele wrong, you're, you've got a lot of built-in problems, left hand yeah. problems. And then, then the left hand, many, many people tend to choke the ukulele. The neck of the ukulele oh, sits yeah, in the V of the, your left hand thumb and index finger. Mm -hmm. It sits in the V and they, so that forces you to crunch your fingers too. And that leads to fatigue and maybe injury, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, carpal tunnel syndrome or something, you know. Yeah. Whereas if you're relaxed, the back of your wrist is straight, not bowed or mm -hmm. arched, you know. Then the blood flows and you, you tend to last longer. Yeah. You have more endurance. Mm -hmm. Fingertips, ideally, you mm -hmm. know. And the thumb should be opposite the second finger roughly. Oh, okay. The thumb behind the neck shouldn't be, it shouldn't be hooked up where the thumb is facing yeah. up, over, um, sticking up over the neck. Ideally, but everybody does that. But yeah, but it's important that the thumb is opposite, roughly the second finger mm -hmm. behind the neck, rather than pointing like a hitchhiker. Yeah, you see what I mean. <laughs> There's some. So, um, that's I like that yeah. point about the yeah. second finger. Well, leverage, leverage. Yeah, yeah. The pinch. You know. I teach my students about the the pinch. Yeah. yeah. Um, Especially as a guitarist, I, I got used to using sure. my thumb over the top yeah, of the tell, neck. Tell so Farlo, tell Farlo I'm a bad example. Yeah. When I show my students, it's yeah. like. But but see what it does is, if 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 you um, if your thumb is this way, uh, I'm making my thumb look like a hitchhiker. You know, mm -hmm. You're sticking it up towards sticking the headstock. Toward the toward the headstock. Um, the leverage your your fingers pressing the strings. Are, are working opposite the the pad of your thumb mm -hmm. rather than the thumb itself. Hmm. And that forces your wrist to come up and that causes the blood to stop flowing, affects your endurance, hmm. you know. And, uh, and another thing, here's another very basic thing. Um, the, um, when I watch people play, I, I'll ask them to do things like play... Um, the four notes on four frets mm -hmm. on a single string, like on the A string. It's like one, two, three, four. Yeah, okay. one, two, three, four. But use your fingertips. Make sure that your thumb is opposite roughly your second finger. Mm. Your thumb is behind the neck, you know, not like this, not sticking way up mm -hmm. over the... And, and uh, your fingertips are... Your fingertips are stopping pressing down on the strings, mm -hmm. not the flat of the face, not the flat of the finger, but the fingertip mm -hmm. standing up. So when you're playing these four notes on the G string, mm -hmm. your fingers are clear of the C string. It's not stopping the C string from yeah. vibrating. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's why it's important to have that discipline. Another mm -hmm. thing is when you're pressing with your fourth finger, 
stopping a string. The other three fingers should be down on the string as well. Okay. Uh, on the, you know, one finger per fret. Makes sense, that, yeah. That would be supported fingers. If you press down with your index and, and the natural tendency is to lift up the other fingers, mm-hmm. point away from strings, that creates tension. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you put four fingers on the string, it's very relaxed. Mm-hmm. To raise your other three fingers for no reason at all creates tension, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. And not only that, what if you need notes right away on that same string? The closer you are to the string, the faster you can get there. If your fingers are down yeah, already. right, right, mm. exactly. It's like it's less work. And then when you're pressing with your index finger on the other hand, the other three fingers shouldn't be pointing up either. Mm-hmm. They should be just hovering above the strings, uh-huh. ready to pounce when mm. needed. Always ready. Yeah, so those are the basic things I notice. In, and uh, when we get to right hand, um, <clears throat> when there's, a, I think, an ideal place to strum mm-hmm. on, the, on the length of the string mm-hmm. uh, versus picking when you're plucking okay. single strings. When you're strumming, oh, if I had an ukulele here, I could show you. The, <laughs> the, the, the strings are closest to the wood over the fingerboard, not mm-hmm. over the sound hole. Mm-hmm. If you hold the ukulele up at eye level, yeah. you see there's a big space between the strings and the sound hole. Mm-hmm. And that means more resistance when your finger, strumming finger rakes across the strings. Mm-hmm. But over the fingerboard, the strings are very close. Your finger just glides across, less resistance, path ah, okay. of least resistance. So for strumming, you want to strum Roughly over the fingerboard, like around the 12th, 11th, 10th fret, around mm-hmm. there, ninth fret. When you're picking single notes, however, you'd want the strings to be higher. You'd want to pluck, let's say you pluck with your thumb. I advocate beginners to pluck with their thumb mm-hmm. using a rest stroke from classical yeah. guitar. Um, and, and the plucking area of the string to pluck would be near or somewhat over the fing, uh, sound hole mm-hmm. at the end of the fingerboard, mm. not over the fingerboard. So okay. strum over the fingerboard, pluck over the sound hole, mm. okay. roughly. I mean, you know, there's a lot of leeway, but... Yeah, I mean, if I if I think of all the really good players I've, yeah. I've seen yeah. play, yeah. I, I think I can notice their hand move yeah. Oh, yeah. quite often, yeah. strumming where you're yeah. talking about, and then yeah. picking, they move their That's hand. Right. That's Sometimes right. Sometimes it's like... it's not. You hardly see the other yeah. way around. You hardly see them strumming down at the sound hole and picking with your thumb over the fingerboard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to grab the strings there. You know? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Those are some great playing tips. <laughs> yeah. So when you... Um, <laughs> this, these sounds. I like, I like the birds and the, yeah. the trees and the wind. The other yeah. stuff is not so great. Yeah, air conditioning. So when you bring up to your students yeah. the importance of um, reading music, mm-hmm. what kind of reactions do you get? <laughs> well, yeah, the kids are generally very respectful and they just go along with whatever I say. Okay, you know, for that's the most great. part, yeah, I don't get any rebellious uh, no, that's good. comments or anything. <laughs> so, you know, because I hope they trust that I'm going to try and do what's yeah. best for them. Well, I mean, it's it's yeah. amazing what yeah. is uh, possible yeah. when you can read music, like yeah. you're saying. Um, it's kind of like there's this whole world of that just opens up to you yeah. when you can actually play music. Just awesome. the other night, I was at a friend's house for dinner, and their son, I think he's ten years old, 
uh, has learned to play ukulele, but he's a very good musician, mm -hmm. basic potential musician. Yeah. And um, and he was playing the C major scale. I said, good. No, with that scale, play melodies, like play Mary Had a Little Lamb. And he started playing in the key of C. He played by ear, oh. found the notes to play Mary Had a Little Lamb, plucking it with his right thumb, okay. where I told him. Yeah. And he was able, then I said, how about Jingle Bells? And he played that, you oh. see. So the importance of learning the scale, because mm -hmm. all melodies, most melodies come from the scales. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Even if the scales changes yeah, yeah, yeah. halfway through. Oh, then if you change key, that's a different animal. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he's he understood what I was getting at. That's great. Important. I guess what I'm getting at is the importance of learning the major scale mm -hmm. that helps you to play melodies by ear. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, that's great. So in your ukulele magazine article, you mentioned this amazing ukulele player that you've been mentoring oh. coming up, Mika. Mika. I was wondering if you could talk about him sure. a little bit and what he's like, okay. where he's pushing the ukulele. Yeah, Mika Kani came up to me in 2015. He, I think he was a freshman at university. He wanted to major in ukulele, but you couldn't at, mm -hmm. ukulele, uh, at the university. So he had to take classical guitar and give, play a little mm -hmm. rep labs, we call it. Uh, mini recitals and then then he somehow heard about me and then he asked me if he could study with me and I says well I don't usually give private lessons and I'd be very expensive anyway why do you want you know because mm -hmm. uh, most people don't want to learn the kind of way I play but he wanted to learn the way I played okay which is kind of almost a classical approach mm -hmm. and, and also have the little jazz influence mm -hmm. so he heard about this grant, the State Foundation of Hawaii Cultural uh, Grant mm -hmm. um, uh, that um, was offered to local folks who want to study some aspect of the arts. Mm -hmm. In his case, he wanted to study ukulele, and I would be the mentor, the kumu. Mm -hmm. And um, the deal was I would teach him for teaching private lessons for two years, mm -hmm. 80 hours of private lessons each year. Oh, okay, wow. Uh, we just finished it this past June. Oh, okay. Two years worth of lessons. And at the end of each year, he would have to give a little culmination project. Like at the near the end of his first year, he played a little uh, a open public recital at the Maui Okinawan Center. He's from Maui. Mm -hmm. And so he gave a recital there, like a presentation with speaking and yeah. everything. And I went to that. It was successful. He did a great job. Mm. Then last, when was it last? November, I think. He, uh, he gave a recital at the University of Hawaii, mm -hmm. which counted as his second culminating project for oh, the second great. year. And that was a huge success. Mm -hmm. There's never, there's never been a classical ukulele recital at the university, probably anywhere else. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I I can't say for that. Yeah. But um, he played. A, oh, you should see. You know, the literature was um, two Bach pieces, mm -hmm. transcriptions from John King, mm -hmm. and then uh, one arrangement by Benny Chong, which he learned by, I think, watching the video. Mm -hmm. And the rest were my arrangements that he learned 
from my music. I wrote oh, okay. it out, so he learned by music, reading music. Nice. And uh, and he did a great job. Uh, mm -hmm. A couple of faculty members, one of them, my colleague, said that he thought it was at the level, the quality of the performance was at the level of some of the best graduate recitals he heard. So wow. that was, that's you know, great. that's saying a lot. Yeah. yeah. So Mika did a great job, and he's my pride and, pride and joy. Mm -hmm. And he's, so he's, he's showing people the value of reading music. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and he's now I'm working with him on arranging music, and he's mm -hmm. done some beautiful arrangements, mm -hmm. you know. So he's a, he's a great student, very willing to learn, and he didn't protest too much. I'd mm -hmm. say, do it this way, and, you know, I get some mild protests here and there, <laughs> but for the most part, he yeah. co it was very cooperative. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. I would have to guess that <clears throat> the first major of ukulele would be here. It, it couldn't be anywhere else, right? I, I, I don't know anywhere else. I know that, I know that there are... Um, uh, Ukulele players who were converted over from classical guitar, uh -huh. so they have the classical guitar right hand technique, yeah. and they can play the Bach transcription mm -hmm. that John King did, yeah. and maybe others. I don't know. And in in England, I know of one or two people, and mm -hmm. in Minnesota, there's another person. These are all classical guitarists who became ukulele players, mm -hmm. and uh, so those are the people that I would imagine would. Be able to give solo classical ukulele recitals. Yeah, what makes it classical is not so much the the repertoire, the piece they played. Mm -hmm. Maybe that plus a combination of the right hand technique. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than just the usual fast drumming or fast picking, mm -hmm. it's the right hand technique. Mm. Yeah, that'd be interesting to to see to yeah. t hear for some. Uh, Classical guitar players. Oh, I can I can turn you on to them. Uh, you play guitar though, also, yeah, right? Right, right. So, so would you say moving from guitar uh, to ukulele, classically speaking, is easier because you're l losing two well, strings? What uh, oh, What happens to your right hand uh, in that transition? Yeah, I just had to make a little adjustment, but I didn't I didn't move over to classical ukulele technique overnight. I, mm -hmm. I was influenced by John King, a good yeah. friend of mine, mm -hmm. when I met him in 2001 when we were stranded right before 9-11. Oh, okay. you know, I, I met him there and I heard him playing and I said, my goodness, I can, I can apply right hand classical technique to ukulele playing, which mm -hmm. is what I did ever since. Mm -hmm. And I love it, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it creates a whole different sound. Yeah. <clears throat> That would be great. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to talk to more because uh, I play guitar, but not really classical. Okay. A little bit. In England, there's a Samantha Muir, M U I R, okay. mm -hmm. and in Minnesota, there's I can't remember his name. Oh, Daniel Estrom, I think something okay. like that. Classical you, guitar to ukulele. Yeah, they also play classical guitar on YouTube. Oh, but okay. watch them on YouTube for their ukulele playing. Mm. Then you'll see what I mean by. Okay. It's like. Like John King, mm -hmm. John is the greatest. He was mm -hmm. perhaps one of the first, maybe you know. Yeah, probably. and he influenced me mm -hmm. to become a classical ukulele player. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. So when you play with an orchestra, it's I imagine it's amplified, right? Of course, but I don't normally play with an orchestra. I did. Mm -hmm. Benny and I were featured with the Hawaii Symphony a couple mm -hmm. of times, but we each played two solos. Mm -hmm. 
He played two solo, I played two. Then we played a, a duet mm. backed up by the orchestra. But that wasn't classical music. It mm. was more jazz pop arrangements. Ah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, Dr. Yasui, I could probably talk to you all day, but um, the sounds of yeah, the city are calling I and know. giving us a warning. Um, well, thank you for sitting yeah, sure. down with me and chatting. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that. If you'd like to get in touch with Dr. Yasui about ukulele music, his email is bayasui at hawaii.edu. If you'd like to get in touch with me, let me know how you're finding the show, what I should cover next, uh, anything else, just click the feedback link in the show notes. And of course, if you'd like to help grow the show and share the aloha, tell a friend about the podcast. It's free for you and invaluable for me. Well, that's all for the show. Thanks for joining me, and I'll talk to you soon. Aloha!